0: And that, like, I've taught her that that means, oh, okay, I'm going to slow down a minute. I'm going to think about this. And it works it's like a charm. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> but then it, what it also helps me do is sit deeper in the saddle and allow myself to come down and not respond to her stress
1: at the same time. Welcome to the Horsewoman Project. A podcast where we talk about all things Horsewoman, from relationships to truck issues, taking care of your nutrition and fitness, and of course, horses. Hello, Camry.
0: Hello, hello. It's been a minute since we've been able to actually talk. How are things yeah. going?
1: Good. A little stressful, but but good have the retreat coming up this weekend. So I guess when this airs, it will have been, the retreat will have already happened. But yeah, I'm just preparing for that. And just had a clinic too, a couple of weeks ago and lots of stuff happening. And so yeah, a little stress, but good stress. Good, busy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And leads right into our topic. No, I'm just kidding. Before we go into our topic, (laughs) you want to tell the listeners what your retreat is about because I'm super excited I get to go and we actually get to meet up in person. Um, But why don't you tell them what your retreat is and all the things.
1: Yeah, so it is called the Connected Horsewoman's Retreat and I started it last year and Michaela helped me out with it last year too. Um, And we just pulled together a bunch of women that our professionals in one way or the other. So we've got a massage therapist. We've got uh, Michaela doing some yoga for us and some other health and fitness stuff. And we have Chelsea Bowman, a chiropractor coming. Um, Lots of things, trail riding and meditation, soundable stuff. Oh yes. Um... Yes. So we're doing the energy work with um, a Reiki master Named Jasmine Desiree, so that's gonna be lots of fun. And I came up with the retreat idea just because I wanted to be able to have a place where like-minded horsewomen that really just value connecting with themselves, connecting with their horses, and and putting that relationship first could come and find a space to get together with other other women, other professionals, and really just find some guidance in some of the how-to's of You know how do we find that connection and and um, really just set up a space where um, the location that we're going has no cell service so that really is going to take that element out which is like one of my favorite parts (laughs) (laughs) Um, i love that we don't have our phones all of those distractions that we can really just have the entire weekend to just really work on reconnecting with ourselves and and leaving that, that part of the world behind for a few days. So it's a lot of fun and we have all the meals catered for us and it's a good time. So, yeah, I
0: was going to jump in and say, you have to say that the, that it's catered. Cause that's one of the best parts in my opinion. <laughs> yep. You,
1: you don't, don't have, have to, to fix your meals. <laughs> yep. It is so nice and just so relaxing. And, and Tasha Creek runs through like the whole area where we're going to be riding and doing trail rides. And it's just this beautiful little Creek and, hearing the water running as you're on the trail rides is just so peaceful and yeah it's it's wonderful you guys
0: <laughs> no it seriously is like I will say even even though I go and I do a little bit of work you know I like, can help you out it is one of those events that I just feel rejuvenated at the end of it like I actually get my battery filled back up you know so I'm I'm really looking forward to it this year especially but also just the the people you get to meet, the women you get to meet, the stories you get to hear—it's really amazing. And Camry, you've got one in August, so yeah.
1: And do you have like one spot available in August? So I actually have three. Um, I did have it full, but we had some clients with strangles, and so we had kind of a last minute like wah. Thing where um it was just not safe to bring those horses so yeah you guys are lucky if you're listening and you want to come a few spots just opened up so get signed up and come and join us it's gonna be awesome it's yeah, august we'll... 11th through the 13th so i'm super
0: excited for both of the retreats we'll put a link to to the august retreat then so people can take a look at it and sign up because guys you you really need to come if you can at all make it it is it is well worth it just because you do end up having that feeling of like complete relaxation while you're there and you leave feeling ready to actually tackle the rest of the rest of your week, where I feel like most clinics or anything that you go to, like this is just one of a kind. There's not very many places around where you get to go and actually relax and connect with your horses and refill your bucket or recharge your, your own battery and feel ready to tackle the rest of your life going forward. It's, it's well worth it.
1: Thanks for the plug, Michaela.
0: (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) Can you tell we're both just really excited? (laughs) Oh my gosh, it is so needed. Like Camry said, stress has been high for the both of us. (laughs) And I'm just really looking forward to actually getting there and de stressing and letting life go for a couple of days.
1: Yep, absolutely. So speaking of our stress being high, Michaela, <laughs> is there anything else you want to share before we dive into our topic? Not really. I think let's let's go ahead and get started. Awesome. So our topic today is about stress in general, but you know some de-stressing techniques um, and just some maybe some mindset shifts uh, to go along with how we think about stress. Um, and so I want to let Michaela start just because she has this book that um, that we may be diving into that I'm really excited to hear about. <laughs> um, so I'm going to let Michaela start us off. Oh, gee.
0: <laughs> no, it's good. I, so I've been reading um, this book by Mark Manson lately, and it's The Art of Not Giving an F. And it is really, really good. And it's, um, a lot of the things that he's been saying in there, I've actually been able to use and turn around my, the way that I'm talking to myself, but also the way that I can help clients reframe some certain situations that have come up. Um, it's just good. And it's not, it's not necessarily about stress per se, but a lot of what he says has helped me reframe the way that I'm thinking about stress or the way that I'm thinking about challenges that come up that I, I really, really like, um, I don't know. Do you want me to just like dive into some of my favorite things he says? Okay. <laughs> yes, I am. <ma'am>, I do. <laughs> so one of my favorite quotes from this book so far, and I I haven't finished it yet. I'm like right smack dab in the middle of it. Um, But one of my favorite quotes that has really helped me and my clients, because I've, I've started using this as a reframe, Um, but he says, who you are is defined by what you're willing to struggle for. And that has been so helpful for me as I've been going along my own different journeys and thinking about like, well, this just sucks. I don't want to do this. Right. Like what, like, why am I even going forward? And, and I've had clients come up like, oh, like, I'm just sick of doing the same thing, or I'm just sick of thinking about this. And when you really think about that and you think about, okay, but who, who do you want to be? Do you want to go back to being the person you were before? Or do you want to be this person over here? Because that person requires you to step forward and to go through these struggles. If you don't go through struggles, you can't you can't grow. You can't be a better person. And you need to learn to lean into those struggles. And you need to learn to lean into the discomfort of things in order to grow. And so I, I really have loved that. And some of his other reframes as well. But do you have any thoughts around that one, Camry? before I just like geek
1: out here? <laughs> No, I, I absolutely love that. Um, and it kind of goes along the same lines of the if it were easy everyone would do it kind of a thing. You know, when you find the things that are worth it to you to really put in the effort and to really dig deep and have to work six or seven days a week and, and work until ten PM at night because you're just so driven to do it. Um, you know, that's that's where that struggle and that stress is is worth it so yeah I that's why I really wanted to dive into it I'm like Michaela tell me all the things about this book that I need to read (laughs) it's definitely
0: on our list here um but yeah just just as you were saying and even even that that saying like if if it was easy everyone would do I've been kind of reframing that one in my mind and as I've as I've said that it's just like well if it was easy it would why am I doing it you know like why would it be worth it it wouldn't it wouldn't help you grow if it was easy you wouldn't learn anything if it was easy and that's been really helpful for me because I know you and I both lately have had some has have had some hiccups in in things where both of us have been like why are we even doing what we're doing why do we have the businesses we have why are we why are we moving forward in this area do we want to just step back and do something different and it's very normal to have those and for both of us to just have that outlook of okay but yeah, why? Why are we doing this? What is the reason we keep going through the struggles and and pushing through the struggles? Because struggles do come up, and it is okay to reassess and ask yourself, like, okay, is it worth it? Is it worth pushing through this struggle to get to the other side? And most of the time, and so far, it's always been a yes, (laughs) even if, you know, we have days or weeks or even months that are really difficult and really hard, Every single time when we come on the other side of that, we are so, so different, you know, and we are propelled forward in different ways and and things just grow quicker because we've been through the struggles.
1: Yeah. Well, and I was just thinking along those lines too, is struggles can happen no matter what, whether you choose for it to or not. You know, whether you are really just driving, like, like me and you were talking about in our, um, being entrepreneurs and in our businesses, um, that there are struggles that come along with that. But at the end of those struggles, we find a reward and we find something that makes it worth it. Now, like say you're on the opposite end of that and you sit on your couch and Netflix and chill all day, you don't go to work, you don't strive hard for anything. The struggles that are going to come from that are going to be, you know, maybe your health, takes a dive because you're not being active. Your bank account's going to take a dive because you're not working. So then you're going to have those struggles of not being able to afford your life and not, you know, however those struggles happen. And so, but then what do you get out of those struggles? You know, it's like, yes, you will learn something from it, but like the struggles that you choose, the struggles that you say, yes, I am going to choose that. I am going to put the effort in here and it is worth it to me. Like those are the ones that become just so rewarding and amazing to to choose that and to choose where the struggle comes because it's, it's going to come regardless. <laughs> you just kind of get to choose a little bit of like more or less how they come and where-ish they're going to come. But, and then you get the ones that surprise you too, but
0: no, exactly. <laughs> like I have had so many of those conversations of what you just said this last month of okay, you know, either way there's going to be consequences either way the path is going to be hard. So who do you want to be at the end of this path, right? Um I had a I had a conversation With a client i think it was even just yesterday um and she was just at a point where she's like you know what like it sucks having to think about my food and having and having to commute to go to the gym and and having to make these sacrifices and you know listen to her and it's like okay but think about it like if you didn't do these things where would you be and she's like oh i'd be back to where i was before i'm like were you happy there no you know she she was in a place when she first started where. She had really low self-esteem. She had really low love for herself. She didn't feel strong. She didn't feel healthy. And you know, and it, it does. It takes it takes work to do things, but it takes work to go both ways, right? Because she could just choose to drop what she's doing. Like that is a choice. She could completely stop going forward and she could stop eating healthy. She could stop going to the gym. She could stop this health journey that she's on. But that brings back. That means she then has to struggle with the low self esteem. She has to struggle with the low energy. She has to struggle with gaining weight again. And and so when we were able to put it into that perspective, she was, oh yeah, no brainer. I will make it work to travel to the gym. I will, I will totally think about my food. It's not a big deal, you know. Like when you really put it into perspective that way, it it's
1: makes a big difference. Yeah, and it it empowers you to do more instead of you feeling like a victim. Cause I feel like sometimes stress and struggle can make you feel like a victim where you're just like, it is, my life is happening to me. You know, I have no choice over these things and, and you do have a choice. You have a choice to, to carry on forward or to go back and, or, you know, a th- third or fourth option, <laughs> but you do, you know, you have a choice to, to carry on or not. So. Choices and
0: everything, but you know, mm-hmm. when you, When you realize that you have a choice i feel like that gives you 10 times more power as well you know instead of you being a victim of of the stress that's coming up or of the situations when you sit back and go okay but where's my choice here um and i think we talked about it a few months back but i hit that point with with my horses when we had to when i had to put down um gabe my my warm blood horse that i did uh vaulting on gosh that that really hit me hard you know and it was that like why am i even doing this why do i like horses why am why do i keep trying to figure out how to make ends meet with feeding horses and with with caring for the horses cuz it can be a struggle sometimes you know and and i just had that i don't know epiphany i guess where it's like well i could choose to just sell them all today i could just sell them all I could just get rid of them and I could be done. And when I realized that that was a legitimate choice <laughs> that I could make, it was like, but no, I, I love them. I don't want to do that. Right. And it really put into perspective the things that I was struggling with. I was like, well, you know what? I do have a choice. I could get out of this at any second. You know, when when problems come up or struggles come up with business, it's like, well, I could just demolish my business tomorrow. I could, you know, refund money and say, hey, guys, I'm out. I'm doing something different. I could do that. But when I think about that choice, it's like, oh, but no. It's like, okay, well, then stop complaining about the little struggles that are coming up and figure out how to get through them,
1: right? Yeah, absolutely. I love that. (laughs) Sometimes we just whine, but we know we're not going to Say no and 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 stop doing what we're doing. So why do we keep whining? You know, it's like we need to find that way through that mindset so that we can come out of it and and kind of put a halt to that uh, that negative view of of that stress and struggle that's happening to us. so No, exactly. And
0: I think to kind of before we dive into ways that we can help de stress or ways that we can manage this, um, I'm really interested in the book that you were talking about
1: and um, and the epiphanies that you had. So you want to share that? Yeah, so I've been reading a book called Why Woo Woo Works by David Hamilton. He's a PhD, and um, similar to Michaela, I'm not through it yet. I'm a little more than halfway, um, and it's it's just a really fun book, guys. If you want someone that is extremely well-educated um, in the science behind everything but is also very woo. (laughs) Um, It's just such a fun book. Um, So at one point he was talking about stress and he was saying that most people think that the opposite of stress is peace or calm. And he said chemically, when you refer to what chemicals are being released and what hormones are being released throughout your body during stress, the opposite of stress is actually not peace. The opposite of stress is kindness. And that just like, oh, it was like, it like I felt like I was just like, oh, like this big load was like, what? Like, it it just made so much sense. And so he was saying that stress and kindness cannot coexist. When we're feeling these feelings of kindness, the hormones that are going through our body are using the same receptors as the stress hormones would. And so it blocks the ability of those stress hormones to even happen. And so it's it's just so cool to to realize that, that we do have that power chemically, even, you know, and you don't even have to think of it chemically, if that's not up your alley, if you just think of the fact that stress and kindness cannot coexist, and just simplify it to just that sentence there, there's so much power in that. And so as a little example Um, Michaela knows that yesterday I had a bit of a stressful day. Um, I had a horse hang back at the tie post really hard. It was, it was one of the worst I've had in a while. And she fell over and got her head stuck between the posts and the fence. And it was a mess. She had the saddle on. I, I was worried about, you know, if she was going to get hurt, if my saddle was going to break into, if we were going to be going to the vet. Um, and my body, my stress response was through the roof. My body thought that, you know, life or death situation, which honestly, it could have been, you know, that horse could have died. Um, And luckily, my assistant was not next to the horse when it happened, she had just walked away, um, and was like 10 feet from the horse when this happened. So the fact that like, she did not die, this horse did not die, we didn't need a vet visit, it was bumps and bruises and a little bit of swelling. Um, But in any case, you know, huge, huge stress response here. And I was feeling it. I had a few other stressful things going on business-wise through the day as well. And um, I was definitely in a a high-stress response. And I had a girl's night with a few of my friends scheduled to go out to dinner in the evening. And my stress response was still so high that my body was just like, no, like, I don't want to go. And I don't want to do this. I just like, it's like my body almost wanted to stay in this survival state. And, and I in my head, I'm like, no, I know I need to do this. And so I went into this girl's night with the intention of, I don't want to share about my stress day and like, you know, vamp that up again and, and, and start reliving it. And I'm like, no, like I'm going to get into actively listening to them, asking questions about like how their day is. And, um, and really just being that, that kind human of just listening and responding and listening to actually listen to them and to care about what's going on in their life. And just by doing that and and having that act of kindness towards my friends, boom. I felt at ease. I went to bed within like I fell asleep within 10 minutes. My stress level went way down. And so it was like, it works, <laughs> like it's proof, <laughs> but it was just cool to kind of put it into practice there and, and to see how that just pulled me right out of that stress state and was immediately got me into a whole different mindset. I love
0: that. Well, I think being kind to gives you more perspective. Right, because like when you're being kind to somebody, when you're serving somebody else, it just gives you a little bit of a broader perspective of your own situation. Though, (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you, as you're talking, I'm like, because I've been in a very high-stress state for a few months, (laughs) and Camry knows, and she gets to listen to me vent. But as you talk, I'm like, yeah, but some people just are annoying, and what if I don't want to be kind because they deserve the situations they're in, you know, that's like the cynic (laughs) in me that I'm like yeah, okay, sure, be kind, whatever. <laughs> I think it has to be genuine kindness. McKayla. Genuine? Are you kidding me? I can't just <laughs> fake it. That's not nice.
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny.
0: <laughs> but no, I, I do. I love that. Um, just that insight. So I'm curious if you've, because I know you're just in the middle of the book, but has he talked about um like do you lose the ability to be kind when you are
1: super stressed? Um I'm trying to remember how he how he spoke around it, but essentially yeah because he was saying that they cannot coexist. So like I don't know about you, but when I'm stressed I I am like I am angry towards my kids. I snap at my kids. I'm not a kind human when i am in like especially that high stress um like mild levels of stress i think are can be slightly different but yeah i am it is very difficult for me to be a kind human when i'm like feeling this buzz inside my body of just like stress everywhere so um but yeah I'm essentially yeah he talks a little bit about that he does go more into the other side of it of how the kindness essentially takes away the stress um, so. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Cause I was just
0: thinking about that. Cause I'm like, I feel like I can be pretty kind and I've been very, very stressed, but as I'm thinking about it, it's really easy for me to be kind to the people that I have to be kind to. Right. Like, so like when I'm thinking about my clients, like I can show up and be the best coach and, and just be their cheerleader and be that person. And for most of my friends, I can be that person for them as well. Even if, I am so stressed. I feel like passing out sometimes, but it's really hard for me to do that with my husband. And it's really hard for me to do that with my horses as well. Like my horses, oh my gosh, if I'm stressed, I just don't ride (laughs) because I cannot be kind.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, and that actually makes me want to bring up a distinction because I feel like you're probably referring more to being polite or the act of being kind versus the feeling of kindness. Like when someone does something that's just so thoughtful for you, think of that feeling that you feel inside where you're just like, oh, like that was the sweetest thing. And you just have this feeling now that feeling and the feeling of like, oh my gosh, I need to do this. And and this, the horse just hung back and almost died and all this. And like those two feelings are not going to coexist and I think that's the difference there is the the acts of being kind and being quote-unquote professional or polite versus the actual feeling the chemical feeling, you know like what you feel in your body of what kindness feels like whether it's you being kind to someone else or someone doing an act of kindness towards you um so I think there's a distinction there no, I think that's that's a good distinction because as you're thinking, I'm like,
0: yeah, okay, because yeah, I can be the most polite person in the world, you know, <laughs> and and you can and you can and you can manage, and I think that's a good distinction for our listeners too because I'm sure they probably felt the same way as me. It was like, well, I can be nice even if I'm super <laughs> stressed out, like, <laughs> and I think though too that goes into choice, right? So even though I'm super stressed out, I can still choose to be nice. I can still choose to be polite even if that means i d- i don't have the fuzzy feelings i can still choose not to be mean right and it's like with my horses when i recognize that i'm in that state i choose not to ride i choose instead to do like grooming or sitting and just actually watching them graze or sometimes i just choose to do nothing with them too and it's all a choice so even if you don't have the the warm fuzzies you can still choose
1: Yep. Yeah. Cause choosing to, to be there is the first step, but like, you know, how I was talking about me with my friends was like, when I was driving there, even though I was making myself go, I was still not in the warm fuzzies yet, you know, (laughs) but it was like a, a doorway into like transitioning, I guess. And that's a big thing I think to consider too, is it's really hard to go from one and then flip a switch and go to the other, there is a transition state, you know, it's not going to be, you're going to be the most stressed you've ever been in your life. And then all of a sudden, 2.5 seconds, you know, snap your fingers and boom, you're, you're feeling kindness and, and, (laughs) and the stress is completely melted away. No, like it takes, it takes a little bit of a transition period and, and coming through this like neutral state before you can kind of shift into a better mindset. So.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, because, I mean, if you think about it, your brain cannot differentiate between, like, stress that's going to kill you. (laughs) Like, you know, that that flight or fight response, that's what stress is. And so it doesn't differentiate between moments like the horse hanging back, which was a life or death situation or potentially one. And you know, maybe the stress of your of getting ready for your clinic. It sees those as the same thing. Like either way, your body responds as these are life and death situations. So most people or or most situations are probably not going to be truth, true life or death situations. But that doesn't mean that's not how your body sees it. Um and I've had a couple of interesting situations with clients lately because um i've had i have a few clients we've really been diving into their hormones and getting them tested and and just really seeing where their their bodies are at because they haven't been responding as i would expect them to respond um with with my program so we are going in and looking at it at it deeper and one client in particular has, she's, she's one of those, she's just very happy. Nothing seems to stress her out. She just goes through life and it's like, oh yeah, I can handle it. Like, yeah, there's, this situation's coming up, but it's not a big deal. Um, And as we looked at, at what her body was actually responding, her body was responding like, oh my gosh, we're dying. You know, if we, when we looked at her um, hormone levels and they were to a point where, she's she's very near to just completely crashing and and losing like adrenal responses and things yet mentally she's fine everything's fine so i think there it's important too as we talk about like management strategies and things and as we get into that is just because you don't feel it in your brain doesn't mean your body isn't responding to it as well and there will come a point too where your body just starts to shut down and you start to notice Things happen in your body, and you get really confused. But it's because your body's been in this fight or fight response, and your brain's been like, "Oh, I'll well, just ignore that. It's not a big deal," you know. And um, so, I, and then there's there's people too who notice the stress and who are very hyper aware. And that's kind of where I'm at in my journey right now. Is I get very hyper aware of any little bit of stress, and I am very just aware of it. So I report high stress, um, but. That doesn't mean like if you are reporting low stress, you can still still end up with stress. I had um another client, like a, a different client who she's very low stress all the time. And then all of a sudden her body just started showing up like she was getting really bad headaches. She was getting really bad muscle aches and cramps and and her performance at the gym was going down and she couldn't figure it out. And as we sat and re- really talked and dug into things, realized like she's been holding on to a lot of stress, like just life stress that was going on that she you know, it was just like, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal, And kept pushing it away till finally her body was like, nope, it's a big deal, And, and I need you to pay attention to me so we can manage this.
1: Yeah, we humans were good at that. Shoving it down, just bury it. <laughs> bury it until it forces its way up. And you're like, oh, no, it's this stress zombie that's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. And so I laughed, but it. like in all seriousness though, we, we humans were very good about mentally telling ourselves, oh, we're not stressed. We're not stressed. We're not stressed. And whereas if we were to actually deal with it um, and be able to have some tools to manage it before it builds into this massive snowball effect of like piling up, piling up, piling up until it's exploding. So that's kind of what we're going to get into a little bit here. Oh yeah, for sure. So
0: the reason I say this too is I feel like we don't manage our stress until we feel the stress, right? Until we're to that point of like, oh, I'm stressed out and, and you're really feeling it. Um, And so that's why I wanted to kind of talk about that is your stress management needs to be a daily practice. It needs to, it's just as important as your nutrition and your fitness, right? It needs to be part of your health practice, because if you can, help your body come down to baseline every day and you can have those tools in place when huge stressful situations actually do arise it's going to be a lot easier for your body to manage that it's just like going to the gym right like you can't go to the gym and squat 300 pounds unless you've you know built it up from 45 you you just can't do that. And it's the same with, with stress. Your body needs to be trained to handle stress appropriately and to come down and recover from stress appropriately, just like your muscles need to do that on the outside as well. Um, so yeah, so I just want to get into, like, as we talk about this, think about this as how can you add this as a part of your daily health practice, not a, a tool for for when stress all of a sudden comes up, if that makes sense.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that actually, um, it reminds me of something where Schiller said about his wife used to have panic attacks on planes. and um, But trying to use like some meditation techniques and different things to lower her stress levels were impossible for her to be able to do on the plane when she was in full panic mode, panic attack. Um, And so she started by thinking about being on a plane and then when she felt a little bit of stress come up, then she would deal with that. So it's the same concept there of, you know, you you have to put it into daily practice because when you get in those like massive panic, adrenaline stress modes, it's, if you haven't been practicing it, it's going to be near impossible, if not impossible for you to be able to put something into practice that, you know, in theory, but haven't practiced. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, 100%. And even then too, it doesn't, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, I know I get really stressed in this situation. Just being able to allow your body to soothe and allow your body to come down is, is huge. And it will, it will lead to big gains in the future. And it's one of those, it's, it's hard to recognize, right? So it's, it's something that I've been making sure each of my clients put into place we come up with their own tailored stress management practices and and their stress management routines and it looks very different for everybody but it is one of those things they have to do daily and to see to see the improvements just like they have to work out consistently to see the improvements um it's just it's really amazing what you can do <laughs> to help your body it just it just blows my mind but I'm excited to to dive into some of this so Camry I obviously have a lot of ideas and tips and different things because this is what I do all day um but let's maybe start like with some things that you do first and we can kind of build on that so I don't end up just giving lists of things.
1: Yeah so I feel like one of the biggest things and it also is something that is very trendy <laughs> right now is meditation um, and I do feel like there's a lot of misconception behind meditation. I think a lot of people think meditation means, you have zero thoughts, you have like you're, there's just nothing in the brain, you know, you hit this point where you're just not thinking about anything. Um, and that couldn't be further from the truth. Meditation to me is to be able to, I, I like thinking about it like clouds, so that your thoughts are clouds, and they can come into your mind, you can see that they're there, and then they're going to move through and move out of your mind. So they don't need to come into your mind and then you'd be like oh oh yeah this and then and then it turns into this massive storm cloud and then pretty soon it's this big hurricane inside your head instead of just being this little wispy cloud that came in and went out Um, and so it's it's just allowing your thoughts to come in you seeing those thoughts without judgment those thoughts being able to pass back through Um, which sounds simple (laughs) But it takes a lot of practice, guys. <laughs> and I'm a little bit out of practice with it right now. I haven't been doing it as consistently as I would like to. And I really need to prioritize it because it does make a very, very big difference when you do it daily. Um, for a while, I was doing it a couple times a day. And the results from that were just phenomenal. I was so much easier able to handle stress and and to be able to, like you said before, kind of return to this baseline. And be able to, to let go of some of that, that stress and, and then let go of some of the judgment too. Cause a lot of times it's, it's, you know, you get this thought and then you're like, I shouldn't think that, you know, and then you have all this judgment of like, I shouldn't be feeling this or I shouldn't be thinking this. um, And so a lot of it is taking that judgment out of it too. And just realizing that some of the thoughts that come into our head come into our head because of our body's desire to protect itself. So when we do feel that stress, that fight or flight, that response is there for a reason. It is there to protect you. It is there to keep you safe, um, and and keep you in in good situations. And and so when when we have these stressful thoughts, instead of saying this judgmental thought of, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that, to be able to say, oh, I'm feeling this stressful thought right now, and being able to say, okay my body is feeling like this situation is this tiger that's going to eat me. Right. <laughs> and being able to just see that and say, Hey, yeah, that's, that's a normal thought. That's a normal response for my body to protect itself, but I don't need to be protected from that. I'm just going to let that go. So there's kind of an idea there for you of just being able to let go of, of that judgment, let it kind of pass through. So meditation is definitely a big one. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Meditation is like you said, it's one that we hear a lot. And Something that I want to kind of impress on people is meditation looks very, very, very different for different people. The way that Camry meditates, and I want you to kind of explain a little bit deeper about what your meditation practices look like here in a second, but that's very different from how my practice looks, um, which I'll get into. So Camry, why don't you explain like how, what does meditation look like? Just like very basic. What does that look like for you? The ones that, that you have found to be
1: best. So. One of the most basic ones that I use is just to have my breath as an anchor, which is one of the more common types of meditating. Um, and what that means is just anytime my brain starts wandering, starts thinking about other stressful things that are happening or just regular things that are happening, just my schedule for the day um, and your your mind wanders, then you bring your thought back to your breath and it just gets you very aware very self-aware and and very present because all you're all you're doing is consistently redirecting your focus back to the present moment is what that is. So it's it's essentially just being mindful and and paying attention to your body. And sometimes I do it with like I guess you would call it like body scanning. So I will pay attention to other parts of my body too. Like when I breathe, where am I breathing? Is it up higher? Is it down lower? Is it, you know, now let me direct my attention to my shoulders. You know, what are what what are my shoulders doing? Are they up in my ears? Are my shoulders tight or are, are my shoulders low? Um, and then, you know, am I feeling any discomfort? Am I sore from anything? You know, and and just um, just really tuning into your body there. So that would be a big one. And then the other ones that I like to use are like visualization meditations that guide me through. Like I, I think we've talked about this one before in an episode, which is the rainbow relaxation. So it goes through colors and different um, feelings and associations you can have with different colors. And so, yeah, again, it just kind of gets your, your mind thinking about that present moment, thinking about what that color feels like and what that means to you and what it feels like in your body. So just a lot of that kind of concept of, of being in your body, being with your body and not being 10 steps ahead (laughs) I, I yeah. tend to get 10 steps ahead.
0: <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's a very easy thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I love that because that I feel like when I think of meditation, that's what I think of it, are those kinds of practices. Um, or sometimes, so, too, I think of like the Buddha, you know,
1: crisscross mm-hmm. and yep. to the sky. Um, what were you going to say? I was just going to ask you. So you said your meditation practice looks a bit different. So tell me about what techniques you use.
0: Yes. So for me, I find it extremely, extremely difficult for me to get in a space where I can visualize or where I can slow, slow down and focus on breath. Like it just, it takes a lot of work for where I'm at in my life right now. Um, It's really hard for me to find that space to slow down enough to actually put those into practice. So for me, it's, heck it's it's my condition rights with sandy that's my meditation because that's when i am unplugged from everything that's when i am present with her with nature that's when i'm in a space where i can just let things go because as they come into my head it's like well i legitimately cannot do anything about this right now i'm in the middle of the mountain you know and i've got Miles, miles before I'm even back to the trailer, and for me, it's really helpful for me to have that physical separation from things because I find when I sit and try to do meditation, when things come up, my my anxiety and my stress immediately spike, and I'm like, okay, I'll just go do it right now, right? Like it's really hard for me not to act on the things that come into my head just because of where I'm at right now. Um, So yeah, my condition rides with Sandy are 100% like my biggest or those times when I'm able to meditate and have that meditative state of where, where I can let things pass through. I can connect with my breath and she and I, um, I have trained her to connect with my breath as well, to come down from her stress states and to slow down and to, into pace. So, um, and that's actually helped cue me as well. So like if she's getting up and getting a like a lot like really excited and high anxiety and starts to pace a little bit quicker has a bunch going on I do that deep breath and go and that like I've taught her that that means oh okay I'm going to slow down a minute I'm going to think about this and it works like a charm it's it's amazing (laughs) but then what it also helps me do is sit deeper in the saddle and allow myself to come down and not respond to her stress at the same time
1: we must be uh, cut from the same cloth, Michaela. <laughs> 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 you and I similar?
0: I can't imagine.
1: <laughs> so I was working with a client just yesterday, and her little pony was getting rushy, you know, and kind of like cha 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 cha, you know, instead of being nice and relaxed through it. And so she her pony was feeling a little bit escalated and and this little girl that that I am coaching with her pony, we were doing some round penny work and and so when her pony started getting faster, she started kind of getting like her pace picked up to match her pony's pace. And I was like, actually, like, like, take a breath. And I want you to make your circle smaller and slower. Like, don't don't match that fast. You know, like come down and, and like just breathe and encourage her to take a breath, too. And so it just makes me laugh because I, I use that a lot, too, where like if my horse is starting to get escalated, I'll. You know, and just take that breath. And then the horse is like, oh. Okay, I, I I can match that. <laughs> but I'm like, that's too funny that that's what you have taught Sandy to do. <laughs> 100%. Well,
0: and it started from me um needing myself to calm down because I do tend, like, if she gets stressed, I get stressed. Like, she and I will get stressed together, you know? <laughs> like, if so, if I come in stressed, it, it raises her levels. If she comes in stressed, it raises mine. And so that's what it started from was just me, like, needing to root myself and as I did that consistently and it was consistently, you know, triggered by her being escalated, it just, it's, it's led to both of us being able to go, oh, okay, <laughs> like we can both relax and we can both take that deep breath and we can both come down and, and, and relax a little bit in these different situations. Um, But yeah, being able to connect with breath is, is a big thing. Um So the reason I share that is because I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only person who goes and goes there's no way I can sit here and visualize there's no way I can sit here and connect with my breath because there's just too much going on in my life but there is power in just being able to get yourself away and making that a priority so even um when I don't have time to ride like this week for instance there's <laughs> there's so much going on you know I'm headed to the retreat and doing a lot of packing. We've got a lot going on just other, other than that too. Um, And so I haven't been able to do my condition rides like I wanted to this week. So my form of meditation is I just go outside and go for a short walk. And I really, I am mindful about not having anything in my ears because I tend to like to have noise in my life. Um, But being able to unplug and, and not be listening to anything. And even if it is just a two minute walk, just that, that act of getting outside helps me breathe, helps me move, helps recirculate my blood. So I can just come down a little bit and then I come back and get back to work. Um, But there's just so many ways you can meditate and it's just finding ways that you can allow your breath to come down. You can allow your body to reconnect and you can feel those levels come down a little bit.
1: Yeah. And that actually leads into the next thing that I wanted to talk about, which is movement. Uh, movement is a big thing for processing actual like trauma stress like you know what happened with this horse because what happens is if we get quote-unquote attacked by this tiger and then we don't escape the tiger right we don't use movement to get through that trauma then our body tends to want to store the trauma right and so we need to be able to move and let let our bodies move to process that trauma and to be able to come through that. And, and then we can come into something where it's a little bit quieter, a little more stationary, but it's like, if you just, like if I had been through that situation and then immediately sat down and meditated and didn't go and move, like, you want to know what I did after that? Me and that horse went for a nice quiet walk. Like we went and we moved, we migrated right down the road and, and went for a little walk. And and so being able to move through, especially at real stress situations like that, um, but even your other stress, like you said, your body doesn't differentiate. So if you're feeling really stressed, you know, exercising can be helpful. Um, throwing big rocks into a pond, punching your bells of, Hey, you know, whatever it is, um, can be a really good way to, <laughs> to come through that and to be able to move your body and use your muscles and, and, move through that physically, as well as mentally, because there is a physical component to it as well.
0: Yeah, 100% exercise is the number one best way to manage stress and to overcome stress. Um, But going along with that, because there is such a thing as too much as well. um, And this is something that I, I talk with a lot of clients, because I do get some clients who come in and I mean, they just are crazy movers, right? Like they, they <laughs> run miles every single day. Plus they do their lifting. Plus then they go and do a cycling class. Plus then they go do a hit class. Plus they do bar. Plus You know, like it's just all of these things. And something to remember as well is exercise is also a stressor. Exercise increases cortisol. It, it, it is a stressor. It gets your body pumping and gets it ready. Cause your body's going, okay, we're getting ready to fight something or we're getting ready to run away from something. So there is such a thing as too much, exercise as well. So, um, something that has been helpful for me and for some of my clients is it's like, Hey, let's back off on this. Cause your body's dysregulated, your body's having a hard time managing stress because your form of managing it is actually creating more because it's just never getting that break. It's never being allowed to reset and recover. Um, but movement is still important important right like you still need to exercise you still need to move so i definitely love to lead my clients through lifting but there are times when lifting is too much depending on where where your body's at um so one really good way is yoga yoga is a really powerful way and i'm not talking like you know hot yoga or you they're really quick like asanas you know like i like go a, yoga yeah. so <laughs> <No. laughs> sorry go ahead <laughs> no you're good but something that allows you to relax and the reason i like yoga so much for that is yoga yoga practice is based around your breath work right? It's, it's about connecting your breath with movement. And so it, it gets kind of the best of the both worlds of connecting your breath plus getting that movement in plus getting that mindfulness in. Cause you have to be mindful of where you're placing your body in that space. Um, so doing like just a real relaxation yoga class can be really, really helpful versus going and running 10 miles or like killing yourself at the gym. Um, those have their places. You just need to learn how to listen to your body and if you notice like hey like your body it just isn't coming down. You have that constant like stomach ache or, or that tight chest or headaches. Those are good signs that your body's just not getting enough um, or is not being able to to reset and come down and so maybe you need to to slow down just a little bit in the exercise area and really think about you know, going for walks like you did with your horse is a great one as well. Um, And is and is a practice that I have all my clients do, you know, daily movement practice is, is 100% something that they get the second that they walk through my door, you know, is we're going to set a movement practice because it's helpful from weight management, strength management, hormone management, but also stress management.
1: Yeah. And I, I think this applies to humans as well. I, I know a little more about it on the horse side, but there's a trainer Andrea Mills who talks a lot about how walking is migration mode, right? It is not a flight gate. So anytime a horse is going to be in fight or flight, it is going to be almost impossible for them to walk. They're going to feel the need to run, to trot, to to move faster than just to walk. But the walk is is not a flight gate it is not going to be when they're in flight and that fight or flight state so i feel like it does apply to humans as well you know that walking pace that's not our flight gate that's not our runaway gate that's not our survival mode gate that is our going for a stroll relaxed you know migration we're moving that type of way of movement versus the more more heightened state of movement that can not not always, but can be associated with that survival mode, that stress and and adrenaline response. Yeah, no,
0: hundred percent. And because I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm sure there's gonna be a runner listening to us like right now, going, "No, running's the best way," and it is good. <laughs> you know, it is good. It's just when you're doing it constantly and your body's never getting that break. Like, just think about like as I'm thinking about. What a walk looks like and how relaxed, like it just automatically makes me feel kind of relaxed. Like, yeah, walking's nice, it's chill. But when I think about running, it automatically makes my body go, oh, okay, I'm ready to run. Like, I, it, it's intensified. And so, just making sure that you know, if you are a runner, making sure your body gets that rest and recovery between runs. Like, running every single day without a break in between, that's when there's you know issues that you can you can end up not recovering well. And getting injuries from a physiological point, but from like an emotional mental point, you can end up running, running your, your body ragged and not being able to manage stress as well either. So there's a lot, but really exercise is the best way. So get movement in, get some yoga in, do lifting, go for a run, just making sure you're, you're listening to yourself and giving you your body the breaks when, when it asks for it.
1: Yeah, listen to your body. Your body'll tell you. Hundred. So what are what are some of your other techniques or routines that you use to, or that you use with your clients, even to, to help deal with stress?
0: Yeah, so there's quite a few. Um, so just like everything else, um, when I'm talking with a client, it's always about what can we incorporate that's actually going to work for you? Um, So for example, I've got a client right now. She's a mom of three kids, all, all young, all crazy, all busy. She runs her own business. Plus she also works part-time for a company. She's just busy all the time. And for her, like telling her to go for a hike or telling her to even sit down and journal, it's really hard for her to find those moments where she doesn't have to pack a kid with her, right? Like, to actually be alone and be able to reset so something for her that's been really powerful is actually just showering and locking the doors so the kids can't come in so she has like even just five minutes of that alone time of being able to reset and making that intentional um because you know you go around and you shower every day or whatever it's part of your daily routine It's the intent behind that that changes it, right? And so that was something that's like, well, we know you're going to shower every day. So let's change the intent behind showering. Instead of just having it be this random routine where, yeah, your kids can come in or they cannot come in, let's make it so your kids cannot come in. Let's make it so you do have a couple of minutes where you are focused on that breath work while you're in the shower. So it gives her that physical sensation as well as helps her connect and just have a second because she is one that just never gets a second to herself. And so that's something that, that we focus on with her. Um, and again, just pairing it with an everyday activity is really helpful. I have, um, we, I do breath work with some clients as well, where I have them do a guided, like breath work meditation kind of a thing. It's, it's not necessarily meditation, like it doesn't run them through and, and do a scan. It literally says breathe in, breathe out, you know? Um, But I sign that to them as part of their workouts, right? And we, and we set it up with a trigger. So I have one client where it's like at the end of her workout every day or every time she works out, that's just part of her workout routine as she sits down and does that. I have another client where it's just, it's a daily thing. And every day when he puts his pill- with head on the pillow, that's his trigger to turn that on and do his breath work. Um so those are some really simple ways like if you have a hard time to even think about making time to do anything, those are some really simple ways to do it. Um for my clients where they're in a state where it's it's imperative that we get their cortisol levels down because they're they're at a point where they're ready to crash, it is a little bit more intensive where I do have them do quite a bit more. Um so I'll just give like a couple of examples of what I've got a client doing right now. Um, so every morning she gets up and she ice rolls her face. Um, so it it goes along with, you know, cold plunges or taking cold showers or something, but it, it helps increase that circulation and it helps her focus and reset. And she has to breathe, right? Because like when you think about having like coldness hit you, you go, <gasps> you get that breath in, right? So really teaching yourself to work through that breath is helpful so it almost always comes back to some sort of breath work right um but if you're not ready for a cold plunge and this client is not she's like me i do not like the cold ice rolling your face is a good is a good start or doing um ice bowls where you where you dump your face in ice cold water um i like the ice rolling mill because you can breathe while you do it (laughs) where if you put your face in a bowl of water you actually have to hold your breath um So that's something that I've had her implement or one of the things I've had her implement. She's been implementing quite a bit. Um, But another one is at night and like dry brushing. So you take, you take a, a, dry brush and they're very soft bristles. And that's really important because you don't want them to be very stiff, but you dry brush your entire body. And what that does again, is it helps you focus and it helps you get that physical sensation. Right. Um, so one thing that I look at too, is if you know the book, the five love languages, you have those, those five things that it's normally talked about, like fulfilling your, your partner's love through their love language. But you look at that and you go, how can I fulfill that for myself and make that a part of a daily or weekly practice? Um, so the love languages, Camera, you might have to jump in and help me, but it's physical touch, um, receiving gifts, words of affirmation, quality time, and acts of service. So those are the five. And so looking at those and going, which one is most important to you? That one needs to happen daily. And then from there how can you fulfill that so like part of dry brushing is fulfilling that physical touch right like you you are loving your body you are noticing your body but it also increases circulation it also helps lower um the stress response and it's good for your skin as well um with dry brushing though you do have to be careful like you want it to be pretty soft and it's something like if you have sensitive skin You know, you probably can't do it every day, probably only like maybe once or twice a week. Um, But it is something that can be really helpful as well. So just a couple of things there.
1: Yeah, it's it goes along the lines of self-care, I feel like. Um, And I think the biggest thing with that is it's going to be different for every person, like you said. But it is that intentional mindset behind it of making sure that you are or being intentional for what it means to you and, and making sure that it really serves the purpose that you need it to serve for you in your life. So yeah, that intention I think is, is the biggest thing when it comes to those kinds of techniques.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just giving yourself time to slow down and to come out. Cause guys, I get it. I am busy. Like I said, and I am at that point too, where it just, my environment, my life does not, make it easy for me to just sit down and do breath work or sit down and do meditation so you know that's that's my horse riding that's what that's for um that's what my walks are for so just looking at what you're doing each day and going okay how can how can I put the right intention behind this so it also can pair me and help trigger that response for me to to calm down
1: Yeah. And then I did also want to go into, you mentioned cortisol and for our listeners that don't know what that is, do you want to explain what cortisol is and what that means?
0: (laughs) Yeah, of course. So Mm -hmm. cortisol is just the hormone in your body that induces stress. That that is the stress hormone. Um, And it is really important. Without cortisol, you will die. You have to have cortisol. It is what keeps you going. It's what helps you respond to different things. So you need to have cortisol going through going throughout the day and it needs you know it spikes at certain times and it lowers at certain times um so it is very important that you do have it um the problem with cortisol is when you don't have enough or you have too much of it um and so it's just finding that right balance and helping that come down because when you're in a high stress state your cortisol is spiking and what it happens is if that continues it sends signals that it goes It sends like negative feedback signals, right? So stress is high. And because stress is high, it's going to send your body more signs that it needs more cortisol, which sends more signs that it needs more cortisol, unless you can find the thing that helps stop that and helps slow it down. So your body can send out the happy feeling hormones like dopamine and serotonin and the relaxation hormones to help that come back down and help your body come back to baseline. Um, But yeah, we're just in this, we're just in this uh, age, where it's really easy to be stressed all the time because you know you're you're doing all these things you've got a lot going on in life, then you get on social media and you're comparing yourself or you're seeing how other people are doing or you get bad news on social media and there's just so much going on in your everyday life that you you have to like it's, I feel like more important than any other time in the world for us to have that daily stress practice the stress management practice. Because, yeah, there's just so much going on
1: in life right now. Yeah, that's for sure. Lots of tigers out there. So many. (laughs) So many. So many tigers.
0: (laughs) Well, I think that gives us a pretty good ending. So we will link to those books that, that we've been talking about and all of those things in the show notes. And we'll talk to you soon. See you next week. Thank you for listening to The Horsewoman Project. If you have a story to tell, please email us at thehorsewomanproject at gmail.com. Links to both of our websites, social pages, and emails will be added to the show notes, as well as any links that are mentioned or contact information for our guests. Talk to you next week.